I can see the clock even. There it is. Welcome back. We are the Kindness Economy Podcast. This is episode six. Greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome back. This week, we are going to be talking about finite and infinite games. Yes. Specifically in business. Oh. Because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. And who are we? That's a good question. I'm Courtney King. Uh, my business is Seeking Solutions. And you can find me at SeekingSolutions.com. I am Bonus Parent Baba. You can find me all over the internet uh, as Bonus Parent Baba. Oh, wait, I'm Rebecca. That's the way that works. Oh, yeah. Boom, like Hi, I know Rebecca. what I'm doing. <laughs> Hi. Hello, I can see you. I know. This is really nice. We've reset our set, which nobody gets to see except for us, except for eventually maybe that'll do something. I don't know. Yeah, people might it. see pictures and whatnot. We but, do see a lot of pictures. Of that. But yeah, we've got mics set up so we can actually have a conversation. We are sitting across from each other now. It's so much more comfortable. Hopefully you can hear that in her voice. If not, yeah. it doesn't really, whatever. It'll happen over yeah, time. Yeah, like I'm, keep evolving. I'm getting more and So more. starting off with the meditation mm. um, and fitness in general, and I just kind of want to start, and this is a bit weird, I, I've i been sort of low-key hiding somebody in my life Oh, uh, who is like a new partner for me. Mm-hmm. And like that's the person who has gotten me into meditation again. That uh, is the person who like I spend a lot of time with. And when we started doing, when I started doing media stuff, I made a decision to not talk about mm-hmm. like people that I'm like in relationship with other than my spouse. Yes. Because I didn't want people to, I don't know seek out my relationship for the sake of the attention of whatever we're doing i don't uh, want to i want people to like me for me i don't want people to like me because they could maybe access get, to your platform yeah i'm not here for that um but on the other side of that after a year of being with this person i feel like i'm hiding them now mm. and that doesn't feel good either no and so um i just want to like acknowledge that like there's this other person and this really important thing that's happening in my life around my self-care is that like we're talking about how we can, if we can, move this person into our apartment. Ah. And that's been like conversation and also like talking to everybody about, you know, getting everyone's permission about talking about this person mm-hmm. because my spouse is also a public persona and like, you know, yeah, as she has way more followers than me, like by <laughs> a lot. But, but it makes sense. It, like this is the sort of decision. You have to that... check in with all the people and then you have to make sure that everything's right. And I still, we don't have a like title beyond partner sorted out. Mm hmm. Um, but I just kind of want to take a moment to acknowledge not just um, this person that we want to be moving into the house, but also I have another partner that has their own pod, which is actually really great because their needs are largely met by these other people. Okay. They have their own situ- situation, their own complicated whatever. And when and you say pod, just for the reference of people listening. Pod, I have been using pod slash village as a way to sort of explain and describe my family structure Mm -hmm. because we have you know i have two co-parents and my spouse and this new partner and then this other partner Mm -hmm. and then we're all sort of working together to support children and yeah 
a home, two homes, that kind of, it's larger and more complicated than most people, but it's sort of like a pod. Yeah. Pod is so much shorter than village. Yeah. I liked village for a long time because it explained the like multiple household nature of it. But pod is, you know, we love efficiency as humans. As few syllables as possible, oh, please. Oh, pod is so I good. think constellation was a big one for a minute. Constellation was very popular. The polycule I like mm -hmm. because it's cute, <laughs> basically. Um, <laughs> uh, also, it sort of gives people a visual aid. I think when you think of molecule, you think of like dots chains. and lines connecting things together and they're significant in a way that you don't quite understand, but you're going to do your best to pay attention because yeah. you love people. There's a connection there. You're not Something's quite happening. sure. Okay, okay. cool. There's, yeah. Um, so the third partner has like their whole other pod, which means that their needs from me are very low and mm -hmm. our needs from each other are very low. Yes. Which is... A nice thing to have sometimes um but the other thing is I really 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 want to move my new person into this house I'm like um there's just a I think that there's a hard drop for them because they're by themselves in their apartment uh okay and when charity comes home I get off the phone with them to take care of charity mm -hmm. but if they were in the room with me that means that the time with them isn't over. That's a different dynamic. It's a different situation. Um, so we're trying to figure that out and see what that looks like. Well, congratulations And it's a on lot of step. things moving around. It is. It is not like lifting weights. It is. No. I am relying so heavily on meditation. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe um. that explains a little bit why like. I'm like really hard, hard so, into meditation super right hardcore now. into it right now. It's because a lot of things are moving and like the idea, like both, both my spouse and I have new partners mm, Okay, and we're, we're in a very complicated negotiation between the two of us of like, how do we make space for these people? How do we make sure these people feel safe mm -hmm. and loved and honored and all that stuff? Cause we want that to happen too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, big things moving, Rock not lifting going. weights. Well, it's, no, yeah. I mean, things moving around in your life, bringing new people in, be it a new partner or a new baby or a new anything, it causes like all kinds of upheaval. And even if it's a positive development, it's still, uh, it still counts as traumatic. And not traumatic as in negative, but traumatic as in has this tremendous impact mm -hmm. on your day-to-day -day functioning mm -hmm. so don't it's a lot and don't feel like there's some sort of like oh i'm failing or like oh it, no yeah no it, it's just a lot full stop mm -hmm. acknowledge that it's it's part of the work of being a human that's um but yeah congratulations thank you yeah i like it <laughs> um i i broke my streak um, I think I was up to 107 days in a row of meditation. Mm. And then we had a movie night. And I didn't get around to meditating until like 2 in the morning. Ah. And that was after the 24-hour mark. I was like, oh, okay. And I had a day of feeling kind of bad about it. Like, oh, I was, I was 
Mm, like, self-flagellation. Yeah. Like, oh, so good. I Where's missed a day. But no, I didn't miss a day. I just didn't do anything in that 24-hour window because... You didn't do anything as it relates to the app Yeah, in that 24-hour window. Yeah. You've had meditative moments as they drift through the day mm-hmm. semi-constantly. You don't the, interact with the app all the time. Yeah. So it's like, okay. But then I went back and started meditating again. I'm like, did a day. And then didn't do the day after that. And then did a day. And when I say I didn't do the day after that, it's not that, again, it's not that I didn't meditate. It's that I didn't use the app. And then I realized, wait a minute. It's okay to, <laughs> to not aim for the stars. Like, I want more stars. And granted, I do. But the value of them has shifted now that it's like I've realized, oh, I was chasing those suckers hardcore for a minute. I still am. And I'm like really (laughs) sitting with my self-awareness around, yeah, yeah, you're still feeling that, aren't you, Rebecca? Yeah, you are chasing them stars, ain't you? Yeah. But now I've kind of backed off and it's changed it's changed the feel of the meditation I'm doing. Uh, like I still haven't gone silent, but I've started doing more ambient sound mm. instead of spoken word. And it, like I did, I did a good five minutes with some ambient sound. I was like, oh, nice. Because I was listening to like focusing on like nuances in the sound and like, how my breathing would go with it or change if the sound changed. All right, this is cool. This is cool. That's a thing. So yeah, but yeah, I think I'm back to like day four now in a row. Beginner's mind. I'm just going to chalk it up to beginner's mind. and Fine. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, I have to turn around to see the clock, but that's okay. Okay. I mean, I can see it. We're going to have to figure out. I'm going to put a stopwatch. We just rearranged all the stuff in the set. So we already rearranged all that. We are, by making a set, we changed everything. And now we've changed it again. That's I think the, we've changed it like four times. Yeah. That's the, uh, that's the you know, testing in production. We yeah. like that. It's like, this works? No, 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 no. no. Okay. No. How about this? This works? No, 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 no. Yep. No. Adjust, adjust, adjust. Yeah. So last weekend, we took the kids to Tahoe. <gasps> Played in the snow. Yes. Also had a giant, <laughs> giant vehicle. We rented a Suburban. Oh, my. Because we have five people. And then boards and boots and bindings for four people. Alliteration. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, the boards for the kids are so cute. <gasps> They're so tiny. Oh, just mm, can't even deal with it. <laughs> so ridiculous. It's so cute. Anyway. They have like, and they have their like little goggles that covers like half their face. (laughs) They've got their (laughs) bike helmet on because we're not renting all that gear. And it was so cute. And, and things I didn't know you get to do is you sign them up for a school. A a school? You just sign them up for snowboarding school, at which time they are then supervised by someone else. (laughs) And you get to go snowboarding. Which I've never been snowboarding before. Uh, how was it? I hurt myself. 
Oh. Not like in a bad way, like I had to go, now I have to go see a person, but like over the course of the first run, I fell perhaps a dozen so times. I'm not sure, a lot. By the time I was really to the bottom of that first run, my knees were hurting just by virtue of the getting up and down all the time part. Like I didn't really slam on my knees so many times. I did occasionally, but not all the time. It was just really... You have to, the easiest way to get up is from your knees. Okay. That right there. And then I, I took pictures. I'm going to share. I took pictures of my knees. Oh, ooh. Because that was worth, that was worth a picture or two. Wow. <laughs> like, I can show you, I think, what's left. There's still some left. Oh, my God. Yeah. You, ooh. Uh-huh. Yeah, you, you got, all probably want to take a look at these pictures. It's going to be good. Those are a week old. Oh, you know? <laughs> um, so uh, by the third run, I only fell once. Okay. Um, by the fourth run, it was the very, very bottom of the hill. And I have to thank video games for teaching me everything that I know before I got there about how to snowboard. Because mm-hmm. I am the kid that played board sport games on the PlayStation okay. in my 20s. Go on. So I knew when we got to the part where the streaks in the snow were shiny, mm-hmm. that's ice. That's that's bad. That means you have to be real careful about everything you do because that'll hurt. For, for just, just by virtue of landing on it, it'll hurt. But it also makes the management of either skis or snowboard really more challenging. I fell a few more times there, but I feel like I did pretty good overall. The fact that you knew that was ice. I also just like, you know, you people want to act like you can't learn anything from video games. That is a lie. (laughs) Video games are awesome. (laughs) Respect the game. It is important. Um, so we're going to be talking a lot about games today because Mm. finite and infinite games. Yeah. So tell me more about your games. My games? You have ropes. Oh, yes. At the gym, uh, they have us, they're getting us acquainted with the ropes. Uh, like literal giant strands of hemp that are bigger around than... They're, they're mariners rope yeah like just big it's like rope. the stuff that you see like marines and army people climbing and stuff yeah. or in the crossfit games you see them climbing climbing rope, rope. or hauling boats like that sort they, of thing they don't have boats in your no in your gym no, no just the rope yeah okay uh but they have them hanging from the ceiling it's pretty high ceiling and they've started us out doing uh letting us or having us let ourselves down on the rope. So we lean back and lock, you know, like get ourselves in a plank, but you know, you rock back on your heels. So there's a little bit of alarm. Like, Am I going to fall? No, you're not going to fall. Um, and you lower yourself down, specifically focusing on using muscles up under your armpits and whatnot. You slowly inch down to the ground and then you come back up to standing and you have to keep using your armpits the muscles in your armpits in order to keep from getting all floppy and then the rope goes slack and you wind up falling and stuff so you know you have to stay kind of firm planked taut yeah 
And it's letting yourself up and down and up and down, I think for two minutes. And yeah, so we didn't, there wasn't actual climbing yet. They were just kind of getting us used to engaging without getting up in the air yet. I've done the climb. Mm. I've done the climb up to 25 feet. Ooh. Ooh. It's (sighs) real. I am afraid of heights. Oh. And so that was like, it took me a while. My gym from the beginning has always been about the rope. Okay. And right when I started, my coach was like, here's the rope and I could like hang. Mm -hmm. But I was just not able to get the coordination and through the mental paralysis to get get up the rope. Um, As I've built strength, as I've built coordination, Mm -hmm. it was maybe a year and a half, two years later that I finally got up the rope. rope. Um, And then I was just like up and down and up and down like, like, yeah, that's it. I'm on the rope now. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll get there. We'll see. But that was, that was an experience because I remember like the first time I went down and it's, uh, I'm laying in a plank, not like past 45 degree angle. And there's that part at the bottom where I'm like, do I have it in me to let myself down one more, uh, hand length? And there's the, that questioning. Yes. But then once I do, then there's the, do I have it in me to pull myself back up? Maybe. <laughs> so yeah, my armpits are talking to me today. Like you saw me earlier, mm-hmm. just kind of wincing and stretching. And I did the stretch with the pole that you showed me. <laughs> Very useful. But yeah. Pass-throughs, people. Pass-throughs. You just need a broomstick. Mm, yeah. It helps open a lot of stuff up. It feels amazing. Your shoulders will thank you. Yes. So I've been doing production with grandma <laughs> because why not? Because Yay, it's grandma. it's weird sort of to me that like social media makes us more alive and makes us more accessible. Mm. And as like my family has had to be, you know, continually economically outsourcing themselves and just like, no, nope, we can't afford it here later. Um, <laughs> that everybody gets to see her mm-hmm. it makes her slightly more alive okay so i'm really i put a little bit of energy into producing her facebook to get experience her. yeah and it's super important to me to keep her connected to the family mm-hmm. um like the last couple times not the last couple times just it has happened two times and this last time she mentioned it we're like She'll be like, I just lay in bed. And sometimes I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to get up. I'm like, that's cool. Just whatever you got to do. That's fine. Yeah. You're 91 years old. You can do what the hell you want. Including Seriously, not nothing. Not out of bed. <laughs> <clears throat> no, seriously. Um, that's legit. And, and, and so in a way, I, I'm very acutely aware of her finiteness as well. Mm-hmm. And I want to memorialize her while she is here, while she's able to have as much memory as she can. And so we are just pounding through a box of pictures. That is brilliant. And as brilliant. quickly as we can, and especially on rainy days. Um, if it's not a rainy day, I want to get her out of the house because it's literally the only time she gets out the house that's not a doctor's appointment. 
Okay. And my dot, my 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 stepfather is is not is not an empathetic conversationalist. He's a black man, <gasps> and he was raised in the seventies, and it made him not very empathetic. That's and it's hard to. He doesn't want to hang out and chat with the old lady. No, there's a, has a mission. There is a sense of uh, he is deeply ob- obligated to her. Directness, he is deeply love, committed to taking care of her. But there he is, is the some... one taking her to the damn appointments. I can't. She couldn't get there by herself. There's a sense of hardness there. But it's, like I, he's hard. Like I'm thinking about relatives that I have that fall in that uh, demographic, and mm-hmm. yeah, there's an edge mm-hmm. that is definitely present in them. No, I don't want to put you know our business all out in the streets yeah. because. That's because a thing. <laughs> don't you go putting our business in the streets. Don't I know that line. Do it. Uh, he does an amazing job of taking care of her, and I love him so much for that. But he's not going to hang out with her. Mm-mm. And so I am providing her social life effectively mm-hmm. to the degree that I can. And and I figured out a better way to lay out the set. Like we do a live, a Facebook live with her. Ah, uh, okay. So and I just pick a stack of pictures. And we go through the stack and I just figured out how to put the camera in a better spot so that we get better light and we have more space, just like what we did here, basically. Right. Yeah. Um, and we, it was so good. It was so good. I almost want to reshoot the whole other stacks, Don't but we're not going to do that. It doesn't matter. Um, but just that, like getting an opportunity to use that time, getting an opportunity to work, and work with my grandma and keep her a little bit more alive for the folks in the family that love her. Mm. Because it's not just me. I also bring her milkshakes, which the doctors may or may not care about, but they've not really specifically said not to, so. Why not? (laughs) Because because my dad's trying to keep her alive. Right. Yeah. I mean, so he, he, every time, you know, if it's a doctor's appointment, he's going to be like, you know, you can't do this and this and this because the doctor said, and I'm like, okay, sir. Yes, sir. Got it. Don't do it. And if he says anything to me about milkshakes, I hope he never sees this podcast. But (laughs) if if he says anything to me about milkshakes, I, I will stop because he said so. And it would make me sad. Yeah. But, no, there's there's staying alive, and then there's living, and that's and the milkshakes. The, the milkshakes, milkshakes are living. living. Not that everybody has to have a milkshake in order to be alive, but you that's know what, what I'm talking wants. about. Like, yeah, she, she wants, wants the, milkshake. the milkshake. That is living. That is what I'm talking yeah. about. I was not on team. She needed to quit smoking. <laughs> she was 70 when they did that to her. She was almost 80 years old when they made her quit smoking, and I was just like, why? That seems ridiculous. She's been smoking for like 40 years now. She was a late bloomer. She was. It was. (laughs) No, I've learned this because we do these things with the pictures. I've learned so much about our family and their stories and her stories and Papa's stories. It's really great. I love having that time. You are doing something amazing that I think more people should be doing. Um, one, for the company in connection with elders. Um, I, think, I think I've think i mentioned before, there's a loneliness 
epidemic. Um, it's like me and the Meals on Wheels person. That's yeah. <laughs> but also, one thing that I run into is people having these collections of pictures. Who are these people? Why do I have them? They came in a box from a relative. I There's have already no a few of that. There's a f plenty of, hey, who's this kid? I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. Like, oh, maybe we should have done this sooner. Yeah. Oops. You no, know? That, that is a very real thing that's happening more and more. Talk to the elders in your lives, people. Also, Show them the pictures. Also, there's something to be said for the person who, whoever it is in your family that chooses to be the one to digitize your family will be the matriarch, patriarch, atriarch of the family. Mm -hmm. Like you are... You are synthesizing, you are digitizing that family crest. That's what this work is. And I will now become the atriarch of everyone who comes after me. Like you've got the directory. Right. And, and that's sort of like, I'm not doing it to do that. That's not the point. The no. point is, is that, that that's what a lot of us are doing. Mm -hmm. And this is a, a weird moment in history where this is a thing that's happening in a different way it used to be you know a few hundred years ago that coat of arms thing when you got that together like the people who did that were really important to my family my family has that coat of arms somewhere in a closet <laughs> like i swear to god dude and and my mom and her mom and on and on and on they cared a lot about that crest that came mm. from Europe, right? <laughs> like it's intense. Oh. And this will also be like that. It will, you know, it will teach the next couple generations like how where? to honor their elders, where they came from. And even if it is, they decide I'm a piece of shit. I'm not doing anything that crazy person did. That's cool. That's also an option. Yeah. I'm not attached to whatever they do to it, but it is a, I, I, I'm giving them a focal point. Here's the information. I'm giving them permission to be polyamorous, to be more queer, to be more colorful, to have more play, to mm. choose more options rather than define themselves by finite outcomes. Duh. I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we plan this shit. <laughs> oh. That feels like it goes into guts. Guts? Oh, guts. Gut. If you have worked with me, you have probably heard me go on my rant about gut. Gut has no ego. Gut has no pride. Gut does not care about titles or honors or anything like that. Gut has one thing it wants to get you home at the end of the day alive however gut can sometimes be too quiet or that you you don't know how to listen to gut that too um yeah i've gut. never experienced a quiet gut personally <laughs> I'm fascinated by this concept, but I'm going to let you carry on. I'm sorry. No, oh, uh, and I do, yeah, but yes, but no. <laughs> um, but I, I, I phrased it to someone as your head, your mind screams. Your mind dominates yes. so much. 
Your mind is the loudest backseat driver. Your gut, however, your gut whispers. Mind screams, gut whispers. And when you have that imbalance, it's very easy to just completely gloss over all the signals from your gut on all the things that you're hearing, all the information that you're taking in that you just kind of dismiss. Like, eh, eh. Um, gut doesn't necessarily follow logic. Your mind follows logic, sometimes. Brain weasels yeah. aside. <laughs> brain weasels aside. Um, brain likes to think of itself as logical. Maybe that's a better. Yeah, brain is less aware of its own limitations. Yeah. But gut, gut's like, no. This is what I, this, this is what I feel. This is what you should do in accordance with what I'm feeling. And brain's like, mm, no, no. If I would like even, to think about this some more. Yeah. Like, and gut's going, no, don't do it. Like, go, 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 go. Like, no, really. This is important. Like, yeah. And it's not even the go, go, go. It's like the, stay. So I don't experience it that way. Really? I totally experience like, um, I honestly wish I could, I'm the thing that I am working on in my meditation practice mm -hmm. and in fitness. And the thing that I keep bringing up is, is remembering that my brain is still there when my emotions and my gut gets overactive. Ooh. Okay. Like when my gut, when I am over responding emotionally, I lose the ability to think. Mm-hmm. And, and so a part of what's the, the high interval, uh, int high intensity interval training thing is that like you get your heart rate up and you still have to count. So you're forcing yourself to think so I'm, in that physically right. so, distressed state. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I definitely experience the loss of the ability to think when I'm feeling too much and, and learning how to regulate my feelings so that I'm not feeling everything around me. I'm not feeling everything you're feeling. Mm. Like I don't need to feel everything that's on TV. Absolutely. I don't, I, 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 you know. Yeah. Like that it was the first time ever that someone was on TV crying and I wasn't crying and I cried because I was, you know, filled with joy that I wasn't crying. It's, you know, that's, it's a, a that's, that's how my gut that's operates. It's, it's just like, <laughs> there's so much feelings. Oh, so many feelings. Um, I, but yeah, that whole suppressing, at least for me, suppressing so much of what goes on in my gut and like relying so heavily on what goes on in my head that when there are times when I really should listen to my gut, I've completely not. And it's been awful. And I've been listening to my gut more. And usually when that happens, there's a part of my head that's like, well, you need to come up with a reason or a structure around why, why you're taking this course of action. And this time, like, there was a resounding no from gut, like, no, there's no reason for you. There is not, I'm not going to put a structure on this. I'm not going to justify this. I'm just going to honor what it's my gut says. Carry on. And I'm just going to keep going. And I was right. <laughs> yes. Um, 
That's also like your intuition, your instincts, Mm -hmm. all that stuff is, it's all gut. Mm -hmm. And it's, again, it's that instinct, that intuition. It's not something that's structured or easily classifiable or something you can put a quick name on or say, this is the way it works across the board for all people. Right, right. Um, Well, the thing of, of intuition and when you intuit something, like, I don't know that. Yeah. I am intuiting a thing. It is not the same as knowing. Mm-mm. Even close. No. And it is an but admission it's... of what you don't know when you are calling it intuition. You're like, oh, I have a feeling that this is the thing. Mm-hmm. It feels, and it is definitely a, a low belly feeling. Yeah. <laughs> it's the place. And it, it, it maybe this is sw- taking a wild swing, but it comes from the same place as belly laughs. Oh, and that sure. deep bodily joy that mm. I talked about a couple of weeks ago, like that deep, unshakable, like 100%. bliss and joy that comes welling up. That's what keeps it free and open and able to receive the information. And yeah, like those same feelings are also tied into that gut response, that intuition. And yeah, I think there needs to be more, more embrace of that, less... Less six pack, more gut. Yeah. 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 I'm down with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have the last thing is reading old books. Yeah. I noticed that note. There's, and it's very large. It is very large. <laughs> um, I am currently reading Finite and Infinite Games, uh-huh. which uh-huh. was written in like 1986 or something, maybe 84, somewhere in the mid 80s. Okay. Um, and it's a game. It's a, it's a game. Also that. It is a book that was recommended to me from my friend Scott Lefkov, Professor Violet. He is an incredible human being. Mm. And um, a lot of, I would say, the like leaders in our Carney sort of circles are fans of this book. Yeah, I've seen it recommended, but I've never read it. And I'm getting like super into it. And it and it, it's giving me a structure to a lot of different things. It is effectively like a philosophical way to see the world. So it's not like he is proposing a utopia. He's proposing a way to see the world as it is with a utopian vision. So if you read the book, take in what's being presented you take that information and apply it towards developing your own? Is that what's you going on? Apply it toward how you see the world. Mm-hmm. It's just a perspective shift. Um, it's Yeah, it's a paradigm shift. In I'm the way that paradigm shifts. The, the main thing being that most of the way we play games right now is very finite. We assume that there is so much pie and you better get your goddamn pie because we're running out of pie. That is the finite game. Then the parentheses game is not necessarily like Monopoly or Yahtzee. Game is applied everything. to everything. Every interaction is a game. Every interaction with other people mm. is a game. And it presupposes that in some cases, people just want to win. And those mm-hmm. are the finite games. And in order to play a finite game, we must all choose together that there are winners and losers. Mm -hmm. And in order for there to be winners, there must be losers. And for an infinite game, the 
the point of the game isn't that the, the game ends and we decide who the winners and losers are. The point of the game is that the game continues forever. And the point of the players is to include as many players as possible and to let the game continue forever. And that is the game. And, and I am super into that. I, that's, that's how I play. And there's no winners and losers in the infinite game because all of your wins and losses in those finite moments in the larger scheme of things don't really matter. You don't care about your losses. You don't care about your wins either. No. You're just playing the game. And that's the point is to continue playing the game. <laughs> and it's awesome. And I'm like, yeah, I'm super feeling this. And when you, when you apply that to business, you start to realize that the problem that I have with all these businesses is that they're just operating like they're finite. They're operating like they need all the pie. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Amazon wants all the goddamn pie. And all then, of the pies. But then what? But then what do you do? No one else has pie? What? I like pie. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes aside, seriously, like, what? We have to create losers for there to be winners. Mm -hmm. That's the problem that I have. I don't, I literally don't want to be a winner if it means my existence creates thousands of losers. And that's sort of how we play right now. Sort of? That's exactly how we play right now. <laughs> you can't see my face right now. It's just like, <laughs> we just, we took this like con conquering mentality from colonialism. We have built our business structures on that. And we are only here to acquire and conquer resources and whatever outcomes, whatever be damned. And that's sort of, I'm like, so there's so much ranting to happen later. Uh, yeah, we I, can't get started there. We have a whole other segment. Yeah, there's business waiting on the other <sighs> side of this. So quick break. Yeah. And we'll get back to it. And we are back. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> I am super, super stoked to talk about... We've been doing, I've been doing homework. I've been doing a yeah. lot of homework. I am just pounding content basically. And I just want to take a moment to talk about what it means to be someone who is a creator and that to create something, you also have to intake stuff. You don't create something out of nothing. Mm. You don't get to your brain. Your brain is a creative instrument is taking in information and reformulating it and then putting it back out. This is that. This this whole set, all of this equipment, all of these things, the note, whoa, notes, okay. all of this. It's all based on ah, oh, I lost my train of thought. Damn it. But you can't you can't pull from an empty well. That's exactly That's right. what I hear you say. There it is. Um what I've been watching is um Joe Rogan. Mm -hmm. he's got one of the most popular podcasts and mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, you got the most popular podcasts. I now have to consume this content because I have to know what you're doing. Like, what are you doing? What's going on? And like combining with the, we, we have been recording. We're still recording the video. We haven't put out the video yet because there's problems, but finishing the problem helped us understand what questions what? we need to have next. Yeah. Well, that's what you talked about yeah. last week. Yeah. So what I want to do is I certainly am glad I did not record last week. Just, just we needed to get to Tahoe. There's a lot of stuff to do. <laughs> um, and sometimes those are situations that come up. Right. 
Um, but we need we need more cameras. Um, which the answer is more gear. That I believe that's always true. I believe that that is always true. That is my personal infinite game. Where is that? That sounded like it was out on the street. It is. It is out on the street. Excellent. Well, we'll just be joined by the neighbors. That's cool. So I'm taking in all this stuff and I'm watching how he has his setup and I'm watching how he's running his thing. The reason that he has his like two plus hours on YouTube when I cannot seem to get an hour on YouTube is because he goes live. And that is a thing I am not willing to do. No. And that's cool. Like understanding that that's how you get to play that game. That is a game I do not want to play because I like to edit. I like to have uh, clear context to what I am saying. And sometimes, I'll be honest, dear audience, we take things out. Oh, yes. I'm thinking about a lot of things that do not they just, just, ever we make don't, it on the it's air. It's important to edit. And it's just so yeah. important to have that to me. <laughs> Um, and it's, Ooh. it's, there's a lot of people that will argue against that. They'll be like, no, the freedom is in the, the live and the da, da, da. And I get that. But you, you also have to understand that they're, they have a rehearsedness to that, or they are willing to not give a fuck about the outcome. Yeah. In we, a way that we touch on things. I really give a fuck about the outcome. I really give a fuck about whether or not my content is going to hurt people. Mm -hmm. And I am unwilling to just like let it fly like that. Yeah. And I mean, there are a lot of things that I will say in private that I absolutely will not utter in a wider context. It's just the, the wider context. Yeah. Without the ability to know one another deeply, Yeah, I don't want to just be off the cuff with some of the content that we have here. Mm -hmm. It's very sensitive, and I want to be mindful. The interpersonal context helps so much. The, the whole point of kindness is mindfulness. Mm. And being... I like that. Giving a shit about how everyone leaves. And... And I want to have at least a moment of pause before what we produce here on this, you know, set is out to the public. I want at least a moment of pause to be like, to think twice about it and be like, you know what? Actually, that makes us sound really shitty. And I don't like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to take that out now mm -hmm. because there's not enough context in this moment to for make that this to just not go fly. Be... I'm not going to let that go. Yeah. It is important to me that we create a safe environment for the conversations that we're choosing to have. So there's just certain decisions that I see other people making and I'm not mad at them for making them. They're doing a different show. Mm, that is very true. But it is important for me to observe it. And I went through the iTunes podcast thing and literally went through the top hundred. Really? And didn't listen to all of them. But I went through the top hundred and subscribed to everyone that I either loved or hated. And there's a couple that I totally picked because I totally was like, oh, these people are pieces of shit, you know, and I'm not going to name them because that's not what this is about. Mm. It's about exposing myself to ideas and listening in that way mm -hmm. that it makes me really uncomfortable, like the, to be able to empathize and finish an episode with somebody that I largely disagree with 
is I feel teaches a lot of lessons. And in that way that if it's, you know, if it's a finite game, you're unwilling to listen to opposing views in an infinite game. I'm willing to open myself up and listen to try to understand to the best of my knowledge, what they're trying to say. And they'll do little petty digs and whatever they're here and there. And I know they're, t they're making fun of me. Mm -hmm. That's fine. They can play that game. I'm not here for that. I'm here to try to listen. And that's been really interesting too. Also seeing how many, there's a lot of folks doing deeply divisive content on like iHeartRadio. Oh, okay. And, and iHeartRadio just recently got bought by Bain Capital, which is interesting. Interesting. So like getting into some backstories and seeing where the money lies always, always gets interesting. Mm -hmm. So that's where also, you know, yes, they disagree with them. Who's putting out this information that I disagree with? Mm-hmm. How is this being framed? We were talking, you were probably, get, you're going to get into some stuff about editing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm good for now. We can start with your stuff. I mean, Go for it. Oh, That's a good segue. Editing. Oh, it's all Power of the editor. What is the story the editor is trying to tell? Um, one of the things that's been going on all the season, you just made the I drink a hot thing face. <laughs> it was good. It was good. <laughs> um, one of the things that's been going on in the background all the season is that I have been working my tail off and everybody's been asking me if I've had a chance to watch Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. And I finally got a chance this week to at least watch one episode. Nice. So I did, and I took extensive notes. And while I do not, while I do have those notes handy, I'm not going to delve into them too far. Yet one thing I did want to talk about was how much it made me think about my time when I showed up on an episode of Hoarders. Um, I think I'm like, it's, I'm on season seven, episode six, or season six, episode seven. One of them. Uh, yeah, one of those. <laughs> um, yeah, Lee and BG, I guess, are the, the couple that's, that's going on. But one of the things that I talk about is that when, when, you're, when you're working with someone who's in need of uh, assistance with organizing, it doesn't lend itself to capital D drama. Uh, but that doesn't make for good television. So when I was on the episode of Hoarders, there, you know, you don't see the 32 people on the crew, um, two producers, what, like four camera crew, the yeah, organizers. There's a lot of people. Yeah, there's like, what, three, four organizers, um, the therapist, and then the crew from 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Um, so you have maybe 30 people in the space. I'm not kidding when I say crew. Yeah. So, you know, the, there's, pre, there's this notion, you know, you do three days of shooting. So you get three eight-hour days of footage, but it's eight hours multiplied by 30 people. So the scale of work that's happening is not um, directly addressed 
in the show, which is also something that I think does a disservice. It doesn't illustrate the scale of what's happening um, and the scale of what actually needs to happen. I mean, good organizing can be fast, but no, no, it's, it's a slow process. It's, it's learning new habits. It's retraining. Like it takes time, but that again, that doesn't lend itself to drama. Um, well, it's a good TV. <laughs> There's like, we've trained ourselves to think of TV in this way where it's not necessarily, you keep saying drama in this way and it doesn't necessarily mean drama. It means like when you make things unnecessarily emotional or difficult or difficult for the sake of the story. Yes. Then it's not real life. It's not these people. Like it's presented as reality TV that I say it, with air quotes. And it's not. It is definitely not real. These people are, are given contrived scripts to intensify the already existing fault lines in their existing relationships. It's already a very and hard. There are questions like, you know, can you can you get these two particular people to like? We already know that there's some conflict. Can you get them to? Can you square them off against each other? And I remember turning around and looking at the producer like, "Are you out of your fucking mind?" Like that. No. And for the purposes of the show, that would have been a gold mine. Mm -hmm. But for the purposes of actually of me, human interaction, me getting the job done. Absolutely not. And that was sort of the like, I am in the wrong place. Uh, I am not like I'm here for a different reason. But there's a game there that creates winners and losers, right? Mm. Where the winners are the producers mm -hmm. and the losers ends up being the people on the show. Mm. Yeah. And it's for the purposes of entertaining people. Like, that's it's, not... There's... Yeah. There's sort of this uh, sideshow element that's... Um, there's very sideshow element. Not yeah. a, hey, join us in... It's not an invitation in, hey, join us in creating this thing. It's a, hey, send us something that's going to make everyone recoil. Send us something mm -hmm. that's going to make everybody's jaw land on the floor. Like this old house was a completely different show <laughs> than any I, of the shows yeah. that we have in the like renovation space right now. Mm. Like Bob Vila was just in it to show you how to like, fix your house. This is He was just trying to be super nice and helpful. He was real nice. These are the things that you need to know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that that's sort of nice, I guess. Yeah, there's not. And that is something that I will say. There is a niceness and optimism in the show I watched, the episode I watched, that was not present in Hoarders. Yay. Um, there was an, accessi an accessibility to it. It was in that it was easier as an individual to identify with the people on the screen. Right. Um, that, that leap was much easier to take with this show than like what I observed. So there's much less of the contrived drama? Uh, no, there, like there is definitely. Oh. Okay, this is gross, sorry. Yeah, no. Um, it's not that there's less contrived drama. 
I could see some contrived drama. Like I could hear, I could hear. You know when people are delivering their lines and they're oh, not actors. They I don't know what they're doing. I could hear that, that, yeah, I could hear the producer over the shoulder of the cameraman. <laughs> I mean, no, I couldn't literally, but. You can't, but you can. But in you, that like, if you yeah. produced a show, you're like, oh, I know where that came from. Those, like I'm, I've just watched you in a scene with your spouse. Those words don't come out of your mouth. Somebody put those mm-hmm. words in your mouth. And also there was a shot, there is a shot in that first episode where you see, I don't know if it was a camera person or a, a producer, but you can see them like hurry up and duck out of the way in the background. I'm like, mm-hmm, uh, I know who you were. <laughs> but it just, I'm looking forward to diving back into my notes because I did notice a couple of points where um, what I remember of the book, and I'm going to reread the book too, just to make sure that I'm not just like off my rocker or anything, but I am noticing some, uh, a couple of points of deviation between what I remember from the book and what I'm observing in the show. Um, and I think that would be really interesting to explore. Um, and again, I think in looking at the difference between the two, while also being mindful of the experience I had on hoarders um i get the question that i came up with was like who's who's telling the story what is the story they're trying to tell and who are they trying to tell this story to oh god now i have to watch this shit yeah no i mean i do like (laughs) it's sort of a thing like we're like now i want to talk to you about it so i have to like you know in order to produce that con i have to, to consume the thing consume to the have thing. an opinion on the like and it's but I, yeah like even i was i was commenting on the music cues um the camera motions in the interview segments. i get really upset about camera motions the, yeah. the whole the office has made shaky camera shots really popular and it makes me angry yeah no th- there wasn't shaky camera but like the pulling in and oh. moving out it's like all right you're Mm, moving the camera yes mm, like mm-hmm, subtle mm-hmm. subtle ways you think you slick mm-hmm. mm. sorry i was watching some vice stuff where they were like in the jungle and i saw a shaky camera shot and i was like that that you can have a camera shot in the jungle there not in an office what the hell is wrong with you anyway <laughs> sorry oh, that's, that is a thing that Ooh. is a thing <laughs> getting my uppity up oh take a moment it's all right but yeah like that there so there will be more commentary coming about this great as i sit back and like reread the book consume a couple of more episodes and like go through my notes because there's something i think there is something there to be said about like the form factor in which you take in the information and in that also the question who's presenting it like what is being presented and like who's the audience who are they talking to mm-hmm. um yeah so, uh, in the in the listening category, mm-hmm. I am I am I oh, I'm not good at listening. I'll be honest. I'm really not. I have my opinions, and I'm like, ah, I'm gonna throw this right down your throat. <laughs> I'm sure other people are super receptive to that. And as I am now in my 40s and matured, presumably, um, I am like trying to listen better. There's an entire chunk of our friends laughing there. I know. That's so funny. That's so funny. (laughs) Sorry. Um, It's okay. I'm used to it. 
everything's funny to them. Um, <laughs> so considering the show, that is what has become of our political situation. Like, oh, the, be, show. The, the show. Sh- the show. The show. The big show. The big tent. Ah. <laughs> um, I am... I've been reading. I read uh, Kamala Harris's book, which was good. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she's got the uh, PR firm that like, got Obama into office behind her or whatever. It like, seems very... There's moves. I've seen them before. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, good. Those were winning moves. I respect that. Good job. Um, like, I know this script. <laughs> I've seen, I definitely saw this somewhere. Anyway, um, then Bernie Sanders made his thing a thing and the dollars spoke. And I just, I'm, I am frustrated and I'm, and they texted me because I contributed to him last time, but I didn't like the way things ended up last time. Yeah. And um, I, I am coming around to being supportive of him for the greater good in a way that like thinking about this as, you know, infinite and whatnot. It's, it's the kids that want the finite player want Bernie. And they, they need that for right now in a way. And I don't quite understand why, because it's not my decision. It's not what I would have picked. But the fact is, is that like dollars speak and those dollars have said like Bernie should win. But if we did it now, the year of our Lord 2019. Oh God, I know. I mean, and this, (laughs) so in fairness, it's a million years from now and I'm pretty sure I mean, when this we're there, week, yeah. In a in, what is it, eighteen months, right? Yeah, this week has been two years long. Oh, I mean, come God. on, Any, so it's forever from now. <laughs> so when we get there, so this is what happened to me last time: is that when when Trump came in, I was like, oh shit, he's gonna win. I knew that right away, and I was and I was just like, maybe I'm too cynical, but I'm pretty sure he's gonna win. Mm, mm. And then, by the time we got to there, I was like tired. I was so tired. Yeah. I was so, I was just exhausted. And I was just like, how can we keep going? How does this happen? What's happening right now? And, you know, Nate Silver, he's so smart. He's so smart. Obviously, he's done the math. I'm not good at math like that Nate Silver fellow. He did the math. I bet he knows what he's talking about with his, I don't know, some 80% or some shit. See, that right there is the conversation between gut and brain. That right there is but the But a difference. gut was tired. Gut was tired. <laughs> gut was so tired. <laughs> gut does not have endless stamina the way that brain seems to. Oh. Brain seems to have some crazy stamina. So anyway, last time I knew I got exhausted and I was just like, you know, maybe Nate Silver's right. Maybe I'm just a jaded bastard. And like, I am, you know, I should just let let love win and it's going to be okay. And then it, and then it wasn't okay. <laughs> um, and so part of me is, part of me is just like, I'm pretty sure we are, we're about to watch what we watched last time. Where, I, no, um, no, I'm, I'm, I want to be wrong. No. Please audience, dear audience and dear America, please no. prove me wrong. I, I cannot. I think this is one of the things I said off the air. Like I, 
it is the year of our Lord 2019. And it's like, what, two decades until 2020? I do not have the spoons or the resources to dedicate to the fucking horse race. I am not interested in it. Let's just like get that out of the way. I am staying the fuck out of things. I have opinions. Granted, I have several opinions. I'm aware. But I've heard them. Mm, but I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm sitting back. Whoever comes out of the horse race and like is in the, for the big, primary. For, yeah, whoever comes out, I'm in it. I'm in it. And I'm there with them. But right now, I I do not. I, had, I can no. I'm saving my energy for the big dance. So, <laughs> so to me, what I'm into and what I have, as I feel like as a gift, is one of the long view, big views, <sighs> and like understanding show, and it's a thing that Chicken John mm. says a lot. Mm-hmm. Is that Bernie has the show, and whether we like him or not, he has the attention. Mm. And if we simply backed him, he could easily win. Now, no one wants, like, the, we, that's not a, that's not going to happen. It's the <sighs> problem. So, with the infighting, that is inevitable. Oh, God. Because crabs in a basket. Oh, my God. Um, I, I just, I literally am just like, my hope is that I am proven wrong or that we're smacked by some sort of really big natural disaster before the election. That is... <laughs> Oh, no, that... That clipped. (laughs) Yeah, it did. I just, I do not have what it takes to watch everything this closely and be just in it. I'm like, just wake me up. Wake me up. Let me know when it's time to go. Part of me really... We're going to go. Part of me really enjoys it. And I also have to be mindful of like what it's done to my biological father Mm-hmm. And that, you know, he's a crazy old white guy on a hill hollering, <laughs> hollering about Lord knows what the fuck now. I don't know. What Mostly something racist. Now? Right now, it's usually like some Islamophobic something, something. He's, he's super into that right now. <sighs> um, I just... I believe it's important to have eyes opened. Mm-hmm. I also believe it's important to have heart open. So I keep myself informed to the degree that I do not start to shut down my heart. Yeah. My heart's got a couple of barnacles on it already. I get it. <laughs> I do. Like, I don't. Yeah. But a part of the consumption for this content mm-hmm. isn't just about you know joe rogan yeah it's also about the news and like i'm not fully through the entire uh cohen trial from oh yesterday i worked all day yesterday and missed everything good for you oh <gasps> i am listening i'm watching it i am i it's just a uh I find it more beneficial personally Mm -hmm. to be that into it. I also honestly feel like it's a responsibility of my privilege to see what's being done. Mm. Like there's a, there's an option that I have to opt out and to not look. 
And I feel like it's really important for me to take the time and whatever energy that I'm capable to look and to see and to get into that sausage factory. <laughs> like, Ugh. you don't have to do that. You understand more about that sausage factory than I probably can. Okay, so just, I'm just, I'm yeah. trying to catch up. Okay. <laughs> Cause it's like, yeah. yeah. Oh, back in, back okay. in. We're cool. Yeah. It's cool. Tell me like dial it all back. You're okay. What we do want to get into though, is that we're here for games. Mm-hmm. But which games? Right. And that, that, that's, that's what I really want to get into for this episode. That's where the meat of this episode is. Yeah. Is what kind of games are you choosing to play? Are you choosing exploitive, conquistador-inspired, yeah, finite, winners and losers game? And do we want to? Yeah. Have you come and have you come to the bay in search of your fortune? What does that look like? What does fortune mean to you? Is it a dollar? Is it a pile of dollars? Is it a certain car? Yeah, a house a, with the kid and you the know, trophy wife. Is it the trophies or is it life? And and what I want from business, what I want from my life is choice and options and fluidity. Fluidity. And movement. That, that, that you can't see. I'm just pointing maniacally. <laughs> Like fluidity is key to that experience so much. that that I have with primarily my gender. I would say is the most obvious fluid thing that is very very important to me mm. in my expression, mm -hmm. and that it's not defined by male or female. It is just defined by what serves me best from moment to moment, mm -hmm. and I want the choice from moment to moment, and that fluidity has given me so much more the ability to see options and take options and be willing to you know quote unquote fail well what the fuck is a failure what's failure what is failure it don't, when you're playing a finite game failure is terrible failure is oh the God. worst thing ever but if you're playing infinite games failure is just like a oh what ha okay we're gonna learn something there and keep going mm -hmm. failure it, when you're playing in an infinite way, when you're looking at it as play, mm -hmm. there's no failure. You can fuck up. And you can fuck wild. up good. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, but the fuck ups not, give you the great stories. Come that's on. the good stories. That's the good times. That's where you bond with the people that you love when you've been spending that time together. You know? Spoken like, like someone who's worked on a tremendous failure project. <laughs> like there's been an intense, you know, it but could be considered no. a failure of my marriage that we're now considering moving new partners into our home. Mm -hmm. Like absolutely not. I am so no. deeply committed to my spouse. I am not. That's not what we're doing. Yeah. Like a failure according to who? Right. Exactly. And what are you doing and who are you doing it for? <laughs> Who's the audience? Exactly. Who's the editor? And when you're not given the choice to do what you want, when you're not given a, a moment to think about what's in your heart. Or your gut. Or your gut. There's a lot of stuff in gut. There's all sorts of organs in there. Sometimes you really need to check in with your liver. Actually, yeah. Oh, you do. 
we drink a lot america mm. um you know you're like you can also gallbladder you know mm. all those parts they're super important you can't just automate yourself you can't turn yourself and everything around you into a prop that demonstrates your success to others because mm. that's a standard you have no control over and it's also like totally made up for everyone it's sterile it's also, so it's sterile weird. you're doing things for other people man do shit for do what you want even when it's conquering other people are you sure that that's what you want did you really want to hurt people did you actually take a moment to think about like my f biological father the islamophobia like those are humans no there's there's mm. in in my work and the work of a lot of other people there's a lot of requests for checklists um, punch lists, do this, do this, do this, and do this. And if you follow these things, you'll wind up in a success state. You have won the prize. Yeah, you do the thing. And it's almost like people want these checklists in order to um, rules lawyer them. Um, I don't, like, I, I did role-playing games, but I feel like I should explain that, like, rules, rules lawyering? Or you have the D&D book oh, and you're yeah. like, well, it says on page 43, paragraph six, that this is the condition. It's like very, Ugh. yeah. Um, there, then I also referred to people that did that with the Bible as Bible spankers. Um, but just very... The Bible thumpers, yes. Yeah, it's like, them. I can quote this text to you, but completely so caught up in the rules around the game of whatever game they're in that they lose a lot of uh, a lot of things that are ineffable. Uh, ineffable. Intangible. Okay. Uh, I just thought that was, that which is ineffable must be effed. Yes. Yes. But, um, and an example that we talked about earlier was having a conversation versus plowing through a checklist, plowing through a set of circumstances in order to get to an end state you want to have an enjoyable experience instead of plowing through a checklist of questions you have a conversation about it so say if you had a checklist and for each question it's a yes or no and for every no you know to not ask any more questions down that path do you like the circus if someone says no, I don't like the circus. That shuts off that entire path of questioning because they've established, no, I don't like the circus. Case closed. All right, do you like the opera? You take off down another path. If you're having a conversation and you say, what do you think of the circus? And they're like, yeah, clowns are creepy. You've opened up the door for a conversation where it's like, okay, clowns are creepy. What do you think of the aerial acts? Ah, oh, I really like trapeze arts. Cool. There are plenty of circuses around that don't have clowns per se or mimes, but lots of aerial focus. So you're able to come up with a good time, 
that might include going to a show, seeing an aerial act, that never would have occurred if you had just gone through the checklist and been like, you know, just yes off no. circus. Yeah, circus, nope, all done. No um, Cirque du Soleil for you. Yeah. So, and that's why I was pointing when you said fluidity, that back and forth, the exchange, then I'm moving my hand kind of mm -hmm. like a tidal motion. It is a back and forth between people having an exchange of ideas. Oh, you feel this way. Tell me more about that. Oh, can you? It's also that... very specifically experiential. Mm -hmm. You can't argue with someone's experience. Mm -mm. When you start to sit, so when, uh, I, I always get deep into religion stuff. I am that kid. Um, and I created, I created a thing called God Swap mm -hmm. many years ago. And it was a interfaith discussion group and gave you the invitation to share your experiences for your faith around specific topics. And so you could, you know, we had a conversation around prayer and like what prayer means to you and whether and just just the opportunity to share ideas and not have your worldview defined ahead of time to give yourself a container of like okay this is what we're going to talk about here and i'm here specifically to listen to people who aren't like me mm. to swap something that might be really intimate and intense yeah. like a god <laughs> for example for example those are the kind of games that i like to play um and it's really intense and those are those are super hardcore like edge games for people mm -hmm. but that's totally the game i like to play and i feel like you learn so much by willing to not just be vulnerable but hold space for others being vulnerable Mm -hmm. and not react and not define them let them be allow yourself to be and that's what we miss with these finite games in business is we do not allow others to be we insist on defining them as successful or unsuccessful you're in business therefore your end game is getting as many dollars as possible right well everybody's in business whether they want to be or not mm. because you have to have a job to get to the to exist in modern society right now, you have to be in business. Mm -hmm. You have to, to a certain degree, you have to be able to constantly educate yourself and constantly market yourself. Because mm -hmm. there's, no, there's no business in the future that has the bandwidth to take care of all of its employees for their lives. You kind of don't like that. I know you don't, you, you, we're not really convinced that we don't like that, but I don't actually like that. I don't like that as a business owner, I don't like that I'm responsible for the livelihoods of my people mm. because that makes business real high stakes in a way that I don't like. It shouldn't be up to me to make then it, it makes the failure. safe for people to live or die. That's then it makes the crazy. failure state something That's way more perilous. Crazy. Um, and as an employee, I don't, I know people want stability, but at what cost? Do you really want to do the same fucking thing all the time for the rest of your life? Does the stability have to be tied to your employer? Does it have to, does it have to be tied to your employer? Could it be something else? Could it just be inherent in the way we've set up the system? So 
Like there you go asking questions. I know. So for me, what I would like to have is for me to be a winner in capitalism that I say in quotes. I, I, I see don't want to, I don't want to create losers. I want to be like, okay, we won. We're starting a business. We won. We created this beautiful thing. We've got employees. We are actually in an industry where we're able to provide a very good salary to our employees. That's great. Mm. I don't want to create losers. I would like to, I would be happy to pay higher taxes to get Medicare for all and universal basic income. Mm. If it means that I don't actually have to incorporate those things in my freaking business model, I shouldn't have to do that because it, because failure becomes devastating. Yeah. Failure is way more perilous. Also, whether you realize it or not, you're saying that you own those people's lives. If I'm your boss, and it's my job as your boss to provide you a living wage and health care. I own your life, bro. That's real. And you can maybe go to a better owner. You can go to a better company if you've got the skills to maybe do that. But we've still got this weird feudal serfdom thing going on. It's not, you've got the illusion of choice and you've got a limited amount of up and down you can go. Yeah. But it's kind of, we need, it's not a, it's not a freedom of movement that I would like. No, 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 that's, yeah. (laughs) And there's a lot to benefit for the people in charge from that system. So much. I mean, what, that's the only game in town. Like what's, as it stands right now. Not exactly, because there are definitely there are companies that have chosen to to not be exploitive. Yes. So it's in its most dire situation when it's being totally exploitive. Like there are certainly companies that are good to their employees. Mm-hmm. But that shouldn't be like a pass-fail situation, mm. but it kind of is. It, yeah. Uh, and, and what's interesting to me, what's interesting to me is my children love the people that work at In-N-Out Burger. Because like, they give them burgers. Love them. Right. That is the place with the burgers. The child is too young to understand the denigrated position that we've given the fast food worker. To them... The fast food worker is a position of power. Because they're in charge they of the burgers. They have the burgers. They have the milkshakes. My children are stoked to put on the little in and out hat. And like when I, when they, they were like stoked and it was weird for me. And I was like, why do you, what? And they're like, no, I'm an in and out person. Do, do, do. They put the little hat on. They're stoked walking around with their little hats. And I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. And I checked in with my co-parents and I was like, yeah, it's sort of like the Burger King hat we had, right? We had the little Burger King crown. Yeah, the little crown. That was cute. But it was a crown. It was very clearly like costume piece, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a costume piece. It's just a little paper hat mm-hmm. for In-N-Out Burger. Mm-hmm. They're stoked. Just as stoked as I was for that crown. Oh, yeah. And they absolutely believe that that person is a person of power. 
because they because because in the you know material like the way that they understand they don't understand dollars they understand attention and they understand what we do and don't want and they understand that this person has the thing that we want they don't understand the system where i have a thing in my pocket that pays for the thing that we want they don't understand that we have an they exploitive have system between me and the product that makes this person someone that as an adult, I am taught to denigrate and have low value for. Mm. Such that it's confusing to me when my children do not. And I have to sit there and think about it. Like, What the fuck is happening? Like, <sighs> Take a moment. <laughs> and again, I'm intuiting this. I don't know anything. I cannot read my children's brains. Sometimes I think I can, but I probably can't. <laughs> 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 it's probably it's probably a healthy boundary that I can't. Yeah, it um, might get a little that's chaotic in get there. Weird later. Anyway, um, so I just sort of think about the way that we've created attention and dollars to disrupt the way we would normally interact. Like food and stuff is given and received as love, but we have this extra game behind with these dollars. We have to play this dollar game to get the stuff that we need. We create winners and losers with this game. And then, you know, I get to win because I get to show off the trophies of my stuff. And that's the game we are currently playing. Uh, I, yeah. I don't like it. Now I'm thinking about the conversation I was telling you about earlier with them. About someone whose main focus was they came to the Bay in order to make their fortune. Okay, what? And what do you mean by that? What is your fortune? What yeah, is that dollar like, amount? I'm, I'm what trying is it based to make, on? I'm trying to make as much money as possible in the shortest amount of time. I came to the place with the highest return. Uh, you know, for you know, I move here and the chance of making the higher return on investment mm -hmm. is here. And I was listening to all this and thinking like, wow, that is totally going down the checklist, the punch list. Like you go to the location with this equation check and you find the person who you can partner with that is kind of focused on the same thing as you check and i was not proved like i was not part of this conversation but one of the things that popped in my mind was like has this person ever pursued an action for the sake of pleasure like taken a course of action attended something done something without this expectation that there is some monetary weight or value to it? Or is everything, every resource, every bit of energy focused It's all on... ROI. Yeah. Like what, what's up with that? Um, that, yeah, it's the return on investment. Is this worth it? Uh, what, it feels like that uh, focus on return on investment winds up stripping pleasure of its value it strips everything out that isn't like literal quantifiable valuable value yeah. like every so every good feeling that doesn't have a dollar behind it doesn't have it's value. just wasted and like, it's like whoa. no 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 and that makes me think about like okay then yeah i'm again the whole belly laugh, the experiencing joy, the just existing for the sake of its own pleasure, being in the moment. 
And the milkshakes. And the milkshakes. <laughs> Way to bring it back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love grandma. Oh, but, but that too. The value. The value is time. Mm -hmm. Time, more time on this earth. How long mm -hmm. you're alive. Without taking into consideration the living that goes with that time. Yeah. And the living is the thing that really gives literal flavor to that time that makes it something that you are able to look back on and go yeah that was a good run that was totally worth it that yeah. was totally awesome that was, yeah yeah so, that's the yeah mm. that feels good yeah are we good i think so excellent yeah. well thank you so much yeah. for joining us today if you haven't already please subscribe yeah. i'm into that We're we have on more coming various platforms now we have all the platforms except for itunes we are still working on that it's God okay damn it, iTunes. okay you know what <laughs> it's okay they have their thing they have their monopoly they have their game and i'm playing it okay i want the trophy all right so you got the checklist you're getting, going through the I'm checklist i'm going through their checklist i am checking it twice and all that okay so oh Please take excellent care of yourself and the people and the world around you. Yes, dream big. Do something pleasurable. I hope to see you in the future. And stop. <laughs>